Hello and thank you for listening to part five of the 50 greatest rappers as compiled by Paddy Stanton. Um, and yeah, we're, we're going to go in from 10 to number six on this list. Um, how's it going, old geezer? I'm on point, geez, as always. And now we're getting to the nitty gritty, aren't we? Now shit's getting serious. Now is when the, the heaves of hate mail is going to come at us. So we need to be prepared for that. But I don't give a shit. I'm more excited to do this review. So, so let's take you on that journey. Let me tell you why my list is the best list and all, everyone else uses it all wrong. Yeah, exactly. So number 10, then, let's just jump into it. Hmm. I, I have Black Thought from The Roots. Now, that's a, that's a good shout. Um, yeah, why have, you, why have you bunged Black Thought up there, Geezer? Well, he's a lyrical assassin. He is um, incredibly gifted when it comes to the, the, the syllable type of rapping. Like he, he's the best fast rapper, but also has so much substance in his lyrics. So it comes down to you know he talks a lot about poverty, about real life issues. Um, so he's. For me, he's probably the best, yeah, like the best fast rapper that there's been with um, a fast flow. But that has, that says stuff that can impact your life and, and make you think about life. Um, and then also the fact that the roots are just incredible, what they've done for hip-hop, what they've meant to hip-hop. Again, just like Trab and just like Gangstar, they brought the jazz approach to it, the, the jazzy, you know, very eclectic style that they have. And let's be honest, they were the, probably the one and only still live hip-hop band ever that's actual had live instru- instruments. And I know you can probably appreciate that as well. Definitely, yeah. I mean, my, my first um, my first exposure, I suppose, then to, to Black Fort talking about The Roots would be through like, the Jimmy Fallon show. Uh, and uh, so I've he's one of them where... I've always known who he who he was, but I've never really like listened to him much until that. Um, we, um, I probably have to talk about, about this. The ten minute freestyle yeah. was it even longer than ten minutes. Even was it like twenty minutes or some shit. No, I think you're right. It was ten minutes, but it was ten minutes straight. Like usually you see those mm. hot ninety seven freestyles and funk master flex freestyles where they take breaks in between but he just went straight in and like you see flex's face expecting him to to take a breather but that man didn't man didn't need a water break it was it was a spectacle to see it was one of them where you're watching it and you're just like i mean what even can you say really i don't i don't i don't know how you can compare i can't compare it to to anything really style ever it's got it's gotta be hasn't it yeah i've i haven't seen one better and um, you know that, that's saying a lot because there's been some great freestyles over the years, and and it's incredible, it's incredible. And after that, that sort of woke me up a bit to Black Thought, and then he he released that album yeah. with uh, Knife Wonder, which was incredible as well. Yeah. But apart from that, I'm not too familiar with the geezer. To be honest with you, I think it woke a lot of people up. And see, with myself, I had I had listened to the Roots a fair bit. But I'd never listened to them as in depth as I did since seeing that freestyle. So it's not just yourself. The freestyle woke me up. I mean, I mean, I knew Black Thor for what he, what, what he, how important he was in hip hop as a lyricist. But I didn't realise he was of that significance. I remember he was also he did a cipher with I think Eminem and Mos Def. I want to say he was in it. 
I could be wrong on that, but I know Eminem was definitely in it. It was like 2009, 10. I remember seeing that a fair, fair bit back on YouTube, and then that was the first sort of awakening to, to Black Thought. But it's one of them, and it you you hear of the roots and their music, but you don't necessarily know who who's in it. Like I'm, that's how I started with the roots. I didn't know the members of it. I didn't know Black Thought. Oh, I've heard of Black Thought, the rapper. I didn't realize he's the rapper in the roots. You know what I mean? Because usually Questlove, he's the one. He's like he's the one that gets the the most notice, I guess, because of his his big afro and you know the the comb and the afro and the the fact he plays the drums and reduces it all. But yeah, like you said, that freestyle is um, is amazing. But it's not just that. So he's had quite an interesting start in early life as well. To be fair, so I think he sold a bit of crack cocaine growing up, and then apparently he was sent to live with family in Detroit. And then because of that, he then uh, he became interested in the nation of gods and earths, uh, the five percent nation. I'm not sure have you heard of them before. I was about to say they sound like a Dungeons and Dragons uh, group. To be fair, <laughs> my God, they couldn't be more the opposite. We're dealing with Malcolm X. Dragon Malcolm X was into playing D and D on the sly. Could be there's be some politically charged games of Dungeons and Dragons. They, I, I'd, I'd love, I'd love to, to see, see what they were doing. I think that's where uh, Malcolm X and the, the, the leaders of the KKK. That's how they, they settled their beefs in the end was through a, a really tough game of D and D. Malcolm X sounds like a Dungeons and Dragons name. I mean, we're probably going to get a lot of hate for that if anyone stumbles across that comment. But <laughs> you know, yeah, let, let's not get too political now, but. You can see from the early age that he taken the the interest in the the political side and the, the black empowerment side, and that yeah, so that was shown through from an early early age, and and that's what shows um, a lot in his in his lyrics. Like he's so he's so conscious of a rapper, as you can hear in that freestyle. But the reason the roots are so good is you've got the extremely melodic side of the the instrumentation the trumpets the you know just just everything that that encompasses a jazz band and then you mix that in with one of the most talented lyricists of all time black thought then you've just got yeah, your music to your ears really pun intended so um so we, yeah it deserves to be on on this high in the list um the roots got some classic albums for me things fall apart from 1999 probably my favourite Roots album, but you've got Undone from 2011 as well, which was um, just um, a masterclass in, in production as well. So if you're a, if you're a fan of just um, amazing, jazzy, uh, smooth, soulful production, then, um, yeah, li- listen to Black Thought. And, and as you mentioned, Streams Thought Vol 1, I think I got you onto that album, if, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, definitely. He... I remember listening to it, and obviously Knife One's production, Knife Wonder's production is incredible, and uh, yeah, black, yeah, great album, yeah. Yeah, then good little Rhapsody feature on there as well. I remember. Yeah, of course, Knife Wonder, the main producer for for her as well, and um, I mean, talk, well, talking about that that album, things fall apart with the Roots, because I tried to get into the Roots, and this is a controversial opinion. I think it could even go up there with the Method Man opinion, really. <laughs> oh, let's not go there. Well, I I, I just think I don't, I don't get the Roots. I I don't get what the hype is about it, and with that album, it's got one of the things I hate most in hip hop is that 
like they'll have like you know like albums meant to be deep and convey a message but the message was conveyed and logic did this where you have a voiceover conveying all these like deep meanings and then Black Thought and Logic get the credit for it. Oh, that album was deep. What are you on about? It was the voice? He didn't. It wasn't a. Re- it was a voiceover talking about some deep shit. You could just make it. Like, I, I, I hate when people do that. It's like you could just make a song and then bung, bung a voiceover talking about some deep bollocks. Anyone can do that. I mean, I, I did. I didn't get it. Me. Interest. That's an interesting take. Never thought of that. You just do a whole album of, of spoken word shit. Really, couldn't you just get get some um, get the get the, the the man with the deepest voice that you know to just say a load of shit, say a load of yes, the earth and the stars they were created a thousand years ago, and and because of that, God does exist in all of us, but he he doesn't really exist in the form that that you think he exists in, but um but he's still out there, and you you just gotta look, and you've and you've gotta be you've gotta be uh, careful with it, and you know just just some shit like that. Is that what you hate in hip hop? Yeah, I mean that pretty much sounds like Logic's album right there. <laughs> that sounds like the last like five ten minutes of it. <laughs> is that the um, everybody, isn't it? Is that the one where like yeah, I think he's got like Neil deGrasse Tyson on and everything, didn't he? Yeah, it was the one where he's talking about oh, I wish that like a black man was cast as Spider Man. Um, yeah. and he's like, oh, I, you know, oh, I really, really want, like, it was like, it was kind of like an album, and it was kind of like reviewing like the Oscars. It was, it was a weird one. It was a weird one that. It was weird. You had the suicide, the suicide, but the fact you just lumped in Black Thought on the roots, comparing that to Logic, I'm, I'm slightly offended by that one, and I'm pretty sure um, many people are listening just because, well. I get what your point is, but the um, Black Thoughts. Another thing about him, as I mentioned, is is um, his interest in that growing up in the five senses. He's clearly very well let, uh, read, and um, he's got a lot of intellect. And I think Black Thought and Questlove they actually met in high school or one is high school or college, and um, they they used to skip classes and just to, just jam out and just used to talk about. Um, the books like that they read and stuff so a lot of the intellect and the smarts come in with him with his with his uh, his rhymes as well so um and with logic i just think that all he ever says is i'm biracial i'm white but i'm black and black but i'm white but you're not black and white but everyone's black and white so there's a yeah. bit of a difference yeah <laughs> i mean i don't, I don't mind i don't mind like logic seems a bit like to to, to go on a little bit of a, t- a side tangent Watching that that Netflix thing where where Logic was on it, he does he scares me a little bit. He seems like he could be a bit mental because he, <laughs> um, he, he, I, he something off about that geezer. Yeah, but, um, yeah. yeah no, like I agree. Like he's like he's trying to profess like the really generous image and all the mental health stuff. But you, there's something behind those eyes, isn't there? He's got like the crazy eyes, don't you think? He does. He does. He definitely gives off that vibe, like that he could snap at any moment. But he, his wife is fit, though. Fair, you know, so fair play. He must have something nice in him there. Mm. I believe that they're a divorce now, Lou. So maybe you're in for a shot. Just send her this podcast. Send send her this podcast, yeah, and then she'll um she'll she'll naturally be attracted to you. But then you go, oh, I'm taken, and then then hopefully she'll settle for me. So that will be that will be the. Mm. And you're okay with, with settling, aren't you? With them settling for you. I'd be a dream, be a dream. 
Uh, I think one of the best things about Blackfoot is that he's, uh, his second name is Trotter, which just <laughs> I think alone deserves him a place on the top ten. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, I mean, that's the reason you'd put him there. Definitely. He's part of the Trotter family. By definition, he is a Trotter. I'm quite surprised, actually, you're not the biggest fan of the Roots because that's your. I thought that'd be your sort of lane, you know, the, the jazzy production style and the, all the instruments. I know you're a sucker for a like, live orchestra. I know you love the, the Nas uh, live orchestra album, so it's a bit surprising. Yeah, I'm, I need to give it another listen, possibly, because I've, I've only really listened to um, Things Fall Apart because that's like the main album. That's what people talk about as the classic. So I'll, I'll give a listen to some of their other stuff. Yeah, I yeah like try that. give a, give undone a listen and their uh, phrenology as well. Phrenology from two thousand two. Um, I can see why though. Like with a lot of people, like I think Black Force being this high, it could be polarizing in a way. I mean, I know, I know a lot of people. A lot of people probably respect the fact that he's such a multi-syllabic rapper and he's very complex with his, his lyrics, his lyrics, and he's socially, politically aware. But it's um, I know I know the whole side of the a whole live band mixed in with it. It could, could be a little bit too too uh, too complex to swallow for for some people because some people just want the rapper, don't they? They just want an um, an MC to and just to hear them rap. So it could be a little bit polarizing. I could see, but for me, just how deep and intellectual he is and his flow, his flow is just is unreal as can be heard in that in that freestyle. I think he more than deserves to be here. Mm, I will. I will give him more of a more of a listen. Yeah. So I'll uh, let's have a, just a quick look for some songs. So from Streams of Thought, I thought so. He released um, Streams of Thought Vol One, Vol One, and then Volume Two in 2018. Now, I preferred Volume One personally because it was a bit more, it was a bit more um, lyrical and it was more of a hardcore rap album. And then the, the second Vol was quite uh, melodic and had a lot of sort of R&B neo-soul singers on there. But if you want a good song, I'm going to say uh, Ninth Versus Thoughts from that album is a good one. Uh, and even the, the tune featuring Rhapsody, which I don't want to try and pronounce because I'm Scouse and I'll probably fuck her up. But Dostoevsky? Dostoevsky. Dostoevsky. Yeah, Dostoevsky. Is that right? Dostoevsky. I mean, my my pronunciation is 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 worse. My pronunciation is is awful, so I wouldn't trust me. Yeah, your pronunciation usually ends in the word geezer, doesn't it? Dostoy geezer. That that's what it is. I, that, they misspelled it there. And going back to the early days of um, the roots, so the you might prefer the album before that. It's a Delft Half Life, and there's a tune on there called Panic. So there's there's another recommendation. That's a good one. But do you, they always have this singer on there. Actually, D'Angelo's featured on their album and Q-Tips on their album as well. Oh. So this is from 96. So you, I think you might prefer their album to the Things Fall Apart. I'll give that a go. I'll give that a go. Yeah, and they always have this singer and a lot of their songs on their albums, uh, Raphael Sadiq. And he's oh, got yeah. a good... He was, he was like a member of the Uma, like a sort of... Um... I think maybe like an unofficial member of the Uma. Ah. So yeah, he's quite a native tonguesy as well in a way. Black Thought. So he's he's obviously for the empowerment, but he's um he's doing it in a, in a spread and love and positive kind of manner. 
So yeah. another reason I, um, I respect him. No, fair play, Geisha, fair play. Right, so moving on to number nine, I've got DMX. Now that's a that's a strange one, DMX. Um, yeah, what what's your um what why is DMX in in number nine, Geezer? So originally I had DMX. Oh shit, sorry. So originally I had DMX at number eight, but um and then I seen and I had at number nine and I was like, wait, I don't think he's better than him. So I swapped them round. But yeah, uh, D, when it comes to DMX, a rapper that was um so hard and so rugged and someone that carved out a style of his own and it was so unique again as you get further down like you know we discussed it with the jay-z and the the kendrick and the earlier part but it's just the more unique you get and the more you create your own style and the 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 more longevity and the um the stronger you are as the artist and with dmx someone that just cannot be replicated he managed to be, he managed to cross over into the mainstream with such a hardcore and raw style, and he did it emphatically. Really, I mean, the fact that he—if you have a look at the first three albums—he was so, and the puns intended, the end, he was so hot because the first album is called "It's Dark and, and Hell Is Hot." You, you get it? But uh, yeah. yeah, he was—he was so, uh, yeah, he was so hard, and his his style of just um, his ruthless, ruthless aggression. Just this aggressive nature and and how um, he was just so he was just so talented in making a song catchy, um, but also being that aggressive at the same time. And you know, his little ad libs. He's famous for his for his um, his funny ad libs. So he was he was comedic in a way in in a way, but aggressive, but also extremely conscious because he'd been through so much shit in his in his childhood and. You know, everyone knows about his personal life. He's got about fourteen kids, I, th- I believe, and uh, yeah, he's you know he's crack addict and and um, and all that. But so he's he's had songs about um, his personal life, like really deep songs, like um, the rain. That's a good song by him. Um, Damien's another good song by him. Uh, so he's um, he's really good when it comes to the conscious emotional side. But then, obviously, how many club mainstream bangers as he had he's had so many that's the thing like, when you say deep emotional i would never have known that because all i hear a dmx or when you say dmx i just picture boxer walking out to the ring or um warehouse um warehouse first or second floor like, it's, <laughs> he, he, i only know the club bangers to be honest with you when it comes to dmx Oh, you've got some. Some uh, you need to go listen to his debut album first, and I'd say it's Dark and Hell is Hot is still uh, my favourite album by him. So you've got the uh, you know the famous bangers Rough Riders anthem on there, and that's another thing about about DMX. So he was such a good writer. I thought that is um, you could tell like he was. I don't know if he was. He didn't seem clever in a way, but he the way he, the way he wrote his music. I don't know. There was something there's something quirky about it and. There was sort of of a smart to it, but also is is production as well. I mean, I don't I'm not too familiar who his producers were. Apparently, someone called Dame Grease, um, and PK Irv Gotti as well was on there. But yeah, he had some incredible production as well. And that it's, that can't that can't be denied. But yeah, he's he's got loads of um, introspective tunes and mo- a lot of his albums, the skits. So he's quite religious as well, and he's um. If you listen to this song, Lord, give me a sign. 
that's him basically. I think he becomes like a born again Christian essentially on that album. So he's very, very religious. So people think like Kanye introduced the you know the whole religion thing to 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 hip hop, but no, DMX was doing it way before him. He, he got that from DMX, and a lot of DMX's albums are spread out with prayer skits. So they're just um, spoken word prayers. So I always found that was quite interesting as well. God, remember Mace as well in the religion. Uh, rappers turn to religion because I think he quit hip hop actually to become like a minister or something like that. Um, yeah. I don't know if he incorporated it much into his hip hop there. He did. He went off the grid, didn't he? After that, actually. Yeah, I think he's back now because obviously we saw him at like, the Beats One thing and the um, the Beats One concert. I think he's been on tour with like the Bad Boy Geezers, so mm. um, so it's good to see him back. But yeah, DMX. That's a side to DMX. I didn't. I didn't know, and I, I've learned something new there. And I am. I, um, I mean, already the roots and DMX. I'm gonna to have to, to to listen more to them. That's what I do. I open up avenues you never thought you'd go down. You open up many things, um, and, and and they're all welcome. Uh, if I was, uh, I just keep saying that. If I was, because I forget. I, I, just... I hope I don't open those things up you're talking about. No, 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 not at all. Uh, but. There was but, that one time when you were asleep and you you know you you were aching and you woke up in man yeah but that's a, that's the only time. Well, I choose to believe that's because I fell over. Um, I, I choose to believe that's the reason. Uh, but why why it was, it was aching? Um, but but yeah, is he um um what was oh DMX yeah. So, yeah, he's 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 someone uh, I've yeah I, I I it's a new side to DMX I've I've not really seen before and uh, I'm I'm gonna give him more of a listen. Yes, that's the DMX that I prefer. Like of the, the club bangers for will forever be the, the bangers that they are. You know, it's um he's got so many. I believe it was Swizz Beats when Swizz Beats came along on the second album, and his production style on there just put him into the, the stratosphere. Then um so. Yeah, but the 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 introspective DMX for the one you want. So for me, if you listen to Slippin', Slippin' is the, I think that was released as a single as well. That's that's the uh, that's the summary of of DMX is and his personal life, and you know he's, it goes without saying he's been a crack crack fiend. He's been in prison like I don't know twenty. I don't have exact numbers here, so don't actually quote me on it. But he's been in prison a lot. And he, I believe he's got bipolar disorder as well. He's had that since he was 14. Um, so just, yeah, apparently he reads the Bible every day. So says it all. And like a lot of that, a lot of that's into, I don't like, I'm not necessarily like that so much in my music, the whole beating the religion dead horse thing. But uh, yeah, if you are, if you're interested in learning about uh, the, the almighty Jesus Christ, um, then, then DMX can educate you on that. And it's good to hear. It's good to hear. Uh, my, my recommendation would have to be a DMX singing a Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. <laughs> yes, the religion. Yeah, I was going to get to that. That the absolute classic that that is. So much so that I actually this Christmas listened to that on Christmas Day, and I shared it on my Instagram. And I was like, this is the only Christmas classic there is. You fucked that whole Mariah Carey, the Pogue shit. Listen to the DMX Rudolph song. Yeah, he does it well. He does it well. He's also released a song called Christmas Funk with Exhibit, which I've not heard yet, but I look forward to hearing that too. He's a festive kind of guy, clearly. 
festive geyser, festive geyser. Mm. So there's a actually a book on DMX of his memoirs. So I haven't read it, but I think that could be quite in, an interesting read. Um, but yeah, he was a, so he just came. It was that late nineties. You, you couldn't you couldn't turn on the music channels late nineties, early two thousands without without seeing DMX on there. He always had like really fun videos as well. I remember he had the uh, it was also almost like an action sort of film, like bank robbery style films. Those videos always like that. I always just had memories of of DMX as, as that. But it's quite heavy because DMX is another one who he fell off because of his personal life and his, his demons and, and all. And he's someone who doesn't really get the respect he deserves. So as I mentioned, carved out a style that that's his, the uniqueness of DMX. But he also had bars as well. He he could, if you I've seen a lot of videos of him on YouTube as well, where he's just been thrown into a freestyle, and he's just a really good off the top of the the head style rapper. And you probably don't associate him with that, and a lot of people don't. But he's just highly skilled at at being him. Yeah, I mean, that's that's added like another two things to it to my list of things to do. Uh, the DMX book and uh, learning how to read. So, uh, so I'm, I'm, that's that's interesting. I, I've not really heard many of these like freestyles actually. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, again, I, I need to discover more of this geezer. I think. Uh, do you remember that free, big freestyle where they're all sat around the table and it's like big pun and like Moz Def and all that? Do, uh, do you remember that one? I think DMX is there as well. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's the thing when it comes to voice and flow, like there's such a distinctive voice. He has one of the most captivating voices in hip hop. Like when you when you listen to DMX, you are engaged. And it's like a lot there's quite a few people that try and replicate his style now. And like don't know if you listen to much Flatbush Zombies, but Michi Darko and Flatbush, you can tell like one hundred percent that DMX is his, his biggest influence. And even what was I listened to recently? There was something recently, but even like when Ken, sometimes when Kendrick and he goes and he goes with his hardcore aggression mood style, that's straight from DMX, man. Like DMX brought a, a great aggression to the game. Like before that, who really had the an aggressive tone like he did? I can't think of many. Yeah, probably just um, Tupac. I mean, I'd say Tupac. Uh, I was about to say that. Yeah, Tupac. Yeah. Another bald, uh, bald, bald geezer. <laughs> Another bald brethren. Bald brethren, yeah. He's he, uh, do, doing their bit for the bald geezers. Yeah. wonder how many bald people are on this list, actually. Do you reckon a count? Yeah, I was about to say. I, can, I mean, don't, don't give away, like, uh, any no. of... We've had Killer Mike. Is he? Is Killer Mike bald? Killer Mike's bald. Oh, my God. <laughs> Honestly, half of these could be bald. So I'm going to count. So me top two... Bald, I believe. Top three are bald. Um, oh. uh, the, next person, the next person, I believe, is bald. So that's four. DMX is bald. Jay-Z's bald. Is Jay-Z bald? Yes. Jay-Z? Yes. Did you notice? That's why he's always got a snapback on. I don't think. He's is been that- bald since he was 15. Is that bald though? Because it, it just seems like he's got a number one. I suppose. To be fair, I'm thinking it's weird that in his progression, so strange. He was more bald when he was younger. He he's Benjamin Button on the hair. He's as he's getting older, he's growing more hair. Yeah, he's got like the neo soul hair now. Yeah, I suppose. 
Yeah, I, I guess quite, he just counts. I quite like his look now, to be honest with you. You like Everton to bar him as, as evidence in the previous part? Well, I mean, yeah, apart, apart from the cheating and the, and the stabbing of that. Of the <laughs> but apart from that, yeah. He's, yeah, he's, yeah all, sorry. Kanye's kind he's not fully bald, but he's pretty much bald. Is he bald, Kanye? Well, it's another thing you've got to realise. These rappers, they may try and disguise and give off that they're, they're wearing these snapbacks for fashion sense and all that. But most of them are rarely wearing it because of the receding hairline. I respect a rapper. If a rapper came out like a Svengor and Ericsson looking rapper and just spit fire, but he had like his hair was like Sven, it was like a big bald spot. I, th- I respect that so much. Yeah. J. Cole's definitely not bald, neither is KRS1. I want to say there's there's at least 10 people on this list who are bald. That's so, interesting. I never thought about that before. Yeah, I think that's why I've, I've adopted a 25. I finally adopted the snapback approach because, uh, you know, my dad's bald and, well, we all know what happens. Yeah, I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite happy then because me, me, me granddad and me old man both got um, a lot of hair. It, it does go grey, but I, I'm out, I'm all right with that. I wouldn't mind my hair going grey. You are one silverback gorilla. I've got more hair than I know what to do with. It's ridiculous. Mm. Is your chest hair going to go grey? That'd be strange. That would be strange. I mean, I don't know if many people are going to see my chest. Uh, so it probably wouldn't be an issue, to be fair. It's one of them where people say, oh, do you trim? I've got no reason to. It's been five years pretty much now. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but the thing is, do the ladies do they like the, do they like a clean shaven chest or do they like the, the gorilla side to you? Again, none of them are ever going to see it. It's been five years. I don't know if it's ever going to happen again. So uh, probably yeah. need to update uh, all forms of social media, you know, the website, and um, just every, even my my speech. It's not four years anymore. It's officially five. Isn't it officially five today, the twentieth of May? Yes, yeah, it's, it's around about. So like, I don't remember the exact date. But I'm gonna say it's pretty much yeah. It's gonna be by the time this comes out, it will be yeah. five years. Ah, lovely. It'd be pretty sad if you did remember the exact date. I mean, five years is pretty sad anyway. I mean, that's that's it's hard to top that, that really. Uh, I probably I, I could I possibly could find out the exact date because I had an SAG that day. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know if the, the website where you, you put the that Turnitin website is still I can still get on there. So. Ah. <laughs> hack turn it in to find out exactly yeah this is a matter of public information this is this mm. is public importance right here this 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 information important stuff we all want to know when the anniversary is there'll be many more to come let's hope not but you, you, you're right there you're probably right but let's hope not right so moving on at n- number eight I've got Big L and you can probably see why I changed the Big L to DMX and change yeah. the yeah i mean probably the most uh i mean it's a common theme with with rappers um you know taken before their time and i think if, if there was ever one rapper that i'd be like oh shit it's a shame you know he he had a lot more to give and what could he have been i reckon big l would be would be my pick for that yeah like 100 percent number one it's it's no it's no surprise i've said to you a lot of times that if Big L would have went on to live, he would have been the greatest of all time. Like I think, 
I don't think necessarily it'd be like the mole that Jay-Z is. Not much mole. I think he would have taken a lot of Jay-Z's shine from Mogul. Oh, Mogul. Oh, sorry. I thought you said mole. <laughs> He's a rat. He's yeah, a rat. He was an informer. I was going to say. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not being involved with that type of heat, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's official. He's a. He's an FBI informant, Jay He does give them vibes off, however, though. He could be. He could. Not saying that he is, but he could be. He could be. They are. They all are to a certain point. They well, get. They, they can get to that point. That's interesting. Very interesting. Mm. Big L was definitely not a mole though. He was a. Uh, he was more the opposite, weren't he? Uh, he 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 was. They wouldn't allow him to work with the FBI with some of these lyrics. He is ridiculous. He was. Um, mm. He's one of them where you talk about him. Um, well, we probably will get on to talk about him being so inspirational to a lot of people. Uh, one one of the main ones, of course, being Eminem. Uh, Eminem shouted him out on a song before. They were coming up around about the same time. Uh, and and you can just if you listen to Big L, you can tell where Eminem got a lot of his style yeah. from. And it'd be fair to say the best flow. A big big shout out here, but I'm gonna put it down. The best flow ever, Big L. What do you reckon? Oh yeah, like a hundred percent. Like hands down, it's like this. You can't li- you can't listen to '98 freestyle and just not be in awe and not be not agree with that that sentiments. It's like. The way that he rolls his words off off the tongue is is so impressive, and um, I don't know. I, I'm guessing he was good at a, a cunnilingus. I'm guessing that, but but who knows? I can neither confirm nor deny that. But what I know is he was good at he was good at rapping. That was his that was his career, and he would have been amazing at that had he lived longer. Definitely, yeah. He's he's. Uh, I mean, I get. I don't know. I've never seen him in cunnilingus action as well. But as a rapper, incredible. And he, he left behind, he while he was alive anyway, he left behind Lifestyles of the Poor and Dangerous. And as an album, it just sort of displays that he could do everything. He's got like, the you know, the um, the turn up songs, as they, you could call them, with Put mm. It On, MVP. Then he's got like his sort of songs about, song about money, no ends, no skins. He's got he's got your posse cuts on there. Eight is enough. The graveyard. He's got your more your poetic songs like Street Struck, Danger Zone, um, Fed Up with His Bullshit as well. The political songs. Um, and then he's he's got I don't understand it where he raps about the industry. He pretty much raps about every like short of having like an emotional love song. In that one album, he's pretty much covered the broad spectrum of rap and made a banger in almost every department in in the space of like about 12 tracks there which is unbelievable yeah i agree and probably one of the, the greatest debut albums of all time as well i think you can agree on that oh yeah and to talk about jay-z earlier i believe he got jay-z on the graveyard before jay-z was a big name and uh, you yeah. say when they were coming up he was the bigger name than jay-z and i believe before he died jay-z wanted to sign him yeah. Imagine if that would have happened. That them two combining on records and and just the, the business, the basically the business of Rock Nation with the the talent of of Big L. That's just been incredible. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So Jay Z would have put him on that platform, put his his talents and his skills on the big platform, which is what what he deserves because the man was the punchline machine, just in 
the best word play ever. Like I don't know how. Like he was funny though as well, weren't he? Like he could be self self deprecating. He was hilarious with a lot of his shit. Like you said, he touched upon street uh, topics as well. He he could be introspective. He could touch on. I mean, you know, it wasn't necessarily like political, which is another thing I, I liked about him. Like because I don't like when a rapper can be too political to a certain extent. But he was just seemed like real, and he was like he wasn't relatable in the sense that I know about anything about what was going on in the hood or anything but he was relatable with words and he and he made and he made it easier for you to sort of sing along and rap along to like if you if you if you get hit by a big l punchline you're like wow it's like i want to learn i want to learn that that lyric i want to learn that bar and that's what he was so good at it's like i just some of the i've just pulled up some of the best big l punchlines because it's it has to be done Famous one, obviously, 98 Freestyle. Before Buck led and make a lot of bloodshed. Turn your tucks red, I'm far from broke, got enough bread. I'm mad hoes, ask Beavis, I get nothing but head. And that's, that's one of them where even the geezers in the studio were just like, they, they were cracking up. Yeah, didn't we and you... We, so our ever like evolution of listening to Big Al, I'm pretty sure was at the same time at uni, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure we started listening to him like, together. I remember when we stumbled on 90 freestyle in particular, and then that that bar in particular, and we were just like, yeah, we had no words for it. We were a bit speechless. Yeah, it, Big L was one of them. Where when I was first getting into hip hop, he was on like the suggested change, and um, and put it on came on, and I was just like, whoa, this is sick. And then when we um, like, so I started listening to a bit more of Big L, but I only really heard the first album. And then it was when at uni when we were talking about rappers and Big L were one of them that like we knew, but no one else was really onto. And then, uh, then yeah, I think it was one night we were just going through tunes with Bungle 98 Freestyle. Just like this is this is insane. Probably banged a few Steve Wises together in the process. A few Steve Wises, beer for the working man. We well, we weren't working then, but. <laughs> Uh, you only work for the work. Uh, work. What should we say? Study for stu- for the studying man. Sip a beer for a studying man. Stu- stu- a beer for the. Uh, for, for, well, it for probably the wasn't beer stuff. then. It was probably uh, like straight vodka or something stupid like that. With King's Cup for the studying man. I mean, I, I was still on my Carlsberg. I was still. Uh... <laughs> you were still passed out on the cars, Defo. On the cows. That was pretty much all I drank actually that first year and now actually. <laughs> yeah, you you will you're never gonna cheat. The only the ne- the thing you'll never cheat on is Carlsberg. Let's be straight. And the day that we get that sponsor by them is the day that you will get layered metaphorically in your head, not physically, like obviously, but. No, not physically. Sadly, I, I think if you see if you see Liverpool lifting trophies with a shirt sponsor, if you see them lift trophies with Carlsberg on their shirts you're always going to drink that beer that, that's why right now I'm uh, I'm, I'm only using standard charter for any of my uh, standard chartering I, I don't know what that is I don't know what standard charter do but <laughs> it, when I do find out they will be the people I'm u- I'll use to do that it's an interesting point that actually what what's happened to sponsorships now like we used to know who they were back in the day you know and, and now standard chart and being like what, what are um we've got some nigerian betting company it's like what happened they fell off yeah i, I yeah you got you got you now entire countries visit rwanda or uh visit malaysia sponsoring shirts did you own the carlsberg liverpool shirts i'm sure you did uh, yeah i've had one or two in my time i believe yeah 
Because they would have sponsored for years. Yeah, your prized possession. Yeah, they they were the uh, that that's why um that 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 and Carling, you know, lifting the Carling Cup with with the Carlsberg sponsor, and then that's pretty much informed my beer taste ever since. Yeah, you've got your childhood to think of that. Thank of that. Thanks for that. Yeah, and then and Brock, Brock Lesnar holding the UFC title with a Bud Light, or was a a cause Light, and then that's basically all I drink really. No one's no one's really uh, no no one's really held it held up any trophies while uh, with a bottle of vodka in their hand. No, they should. Someone should do a, with a spike bottle of spice to run. I'd be into that. Yeah, that probably improve my my taste in drinks. I win the uh, the the AEW or WWE World Heavyweight Championship for the first time. I'm going to bring out a bottle of Spiced Rum in the middle of the ring to celebrate. I'll call you in the ring, let you have a sip, and then I'll hit you with a stunner. How about that? Oh, oh, the, the swerve, the swerve on top of swerves. Yeah, call me, call me Russo. Oh, oh. But, but I would appreciate the Spiced Rum. <laughs> so, a couple of quick other punchlines. So, from lifestyle, from the title track, Lifestyle is the Poor and Dangerous. Breaking in cribs with a crowbar. I wasn't poor. I was I was po. I couldn't afford the OR. <laughs> fucking. Do you know what I mean? The uh, thing about him is, if he's going so fast, you notice that like, he's kind of like watching like a really good stand-up show, like a Dave Chappelle, where like he'll be saying so many jokes, there'll be one savage punchline that will just floor the room, and yeah. he, he, it'll floor you. But then there's more coming, and you, like if you're watching it, if you're listening to it with headphones on, people would just like what li- listen to you go, oh shit, and I have no idea. What, but you, you know, like when you listen to something on headphones in, you try and sort of contain your laughter because you sound like a bit of a mentalist. And then there'll be like a punchline that comes along every now and again. You just can't help it. And listening to Big L is like that, where you're just like, oh shit, you just can't control it. But I love that though. Like I love the fact that he is, um, he's, he does, he's not just sticking to music. Like he's, he's sort of, he's, he's sort of crossover and, and into like an entertainment. Uh, aspect isn't he so like like you said he's like a comedian and you, me and you we love comedy so we you know we, we're all for that aren't we like for us if it's if it's entertaining it's, it's entertaining and I like that he uh, that he took that approach to it because I don't think many other rappers have, have done that done that since and they should treat it like a comedy stand up like treat it like like pull from other forms pull from other mediums like that I think that's missed Definitely, yeah. I don't think anyone can can probably do it as well as uh, as Big L, and a great loss to to, to hip hop that we we couldn't see his potential because he would have made some incredible albums. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I've gone on. I'll go on record. I've said it to you, sent to others, but he would have been the greatest of all time in my opinion if uh, if he didn't unfortunately get shot. And the way he went out was uh, was also fucking ridiculous, wasn't it? They uh, he got shot by someone who it was actually meant to kill his cousin. I believe. Was he his cousin? I thought it was always his brother or something. Or his brother. I mean, I it could might, be wrong to be fair. It might even been his cousin who's the one that shot him. I don't even know. It was just pretty confusing. But yeah, but just unfortunate. But apparently he was notable for using a rap style called compounding. Have you ever read of compounding? No, no. Uh, apparently uh, he used metaphors in his rhymes. That's how I start a look. Oh, it's basically multi-syllabic rhyming. So, 
yeah, he was one of the, uh, the the pioneers of of like the advanced style of rapping. Because I can, he came up in like ninety two, ninety three. So that of that went about back then, was it? So I can imagine why he's probably what is one of the the OGs of that style as well. Um, and yeah, just the you mentioned before as well, the documentary uh, still hasn't seen the light of day, but I'd love to see the documentary because there's a there is a trailer out on YouTube, isn't there? Yeah, it's one of them where we. When when we came to uni, this documentary had already been behind production. It was like meant to come out, I think, a few years before, and we were gassed. We were like, "Oh shit, maybe it's going to come out any day now." They're you know, they're, it's still this has been like it's going on six years later, and which makes me feel old. Uh, it's not come out. Not not seen. No update. No. No, it's just the same with the Chris Benoit film or like the Vince McMahon films. Like, where's the updates? We we want we want answers. I've completely forgot about that. Where is the Vince McMahon film? Where mm. is the Vince McMahon film? Uh, just about the death of Big L as well, actually. Um, yeah, so apparently it was, he was shot by a childhood friend. This is according to, to Wikipedia, by the way. Uh, so, you know, it, it could be wrong. Who knows? Uh, so apparently he was shot by one of his uh, childhood friends. Um, and I believe it was in retaliation to something that his, his brother did. So I believe he was mistaken for his brother. And the person who shot Big L uh, has actually been shot himself. Yeah. So, yeah. Karma's a bitch, eh, Lou? It is, yeah. And, you, are you a believer in karma? Do you think uh, it's it's karma at the moment, the reason you're on five years? Do you think that's karma? And you think maybe in another five years you're going to be getting laid every week? Could be good karma. You never know. Could be. Could be. Uh, maybe. Who, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, that's probably what happened with Liverpool there. Like, we went so many years without winning the league. We're just going to win it all the time. Hmm. Well, we'll see about that. I mean, I don't even know if you're going to win it this year. So we'll, we'll see, won't we? Oh, we will, we will. Uh, but talking about Big L, um, being a, an artist who died young, would you say, this is a big shout, has he got the best posthumous material? Hmm. It, 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 I said maybe it's hard to say off the top of my head I, I suppose but th- there's not much good posthumous material isn't I think that's why you've brought that up you know for example the Tupac and the Bees posthumous shit so much of that and it's, it's and, I mean I know Eminem did produce a lot of that stuff where it's not great but the the big picture it, it's it's got some good songs on there obviously it's got a Bonics on there which is going to bring up I mean an, another one what an incredible idea and premise of a song. Again, it shows how he's uh, he's well up on obviously what's going on in the street, but you can tell he's just he's he's well read. And what's good about Big L is it gives this the image off that he he'll smack you up. He's like a pimp. He's like a pimp who'll smack you up, but he's also got the words to back it up, and he can just he could just kill you off with words. And that's an example of this is on Ebonics. So for Ebonics alone, it's um, that is. Yeah, I'd say that's a good it's a good song from the album. There's there's also a, a deadly combination featuring Tupac as well. So um, yeah, there's some uh, yeah for in terms of a hip hop posthumous album, this is definitely up there. Yeah, I, I think that whole album is quality, and I've listened to um some because he's had like three uh, posthumous albums and uh, I, oh, four actually. So if you include the big picture, and I've listened to like bits and pieces from from most of them. 
and uh, like it was, you know, like when you're on YouTube and you go down a rabbit hole of like, I went down a rabbit hole of like a big old posthumous stuff, and, and it was tune after tune was just like, this is decent, this is decent, this is decent. I, I couldn't find mm. a bad spot on there. Yeah, that's a uh, props to I think his brother as well. He's quite hands on with all the um, all the production and that. So he's he owns you know his estate and all his music. So I think he's been pretty good when he hasn't just sold her off. You know, some some shitty label or whatever. So I think he's to thank for that. Also, the heist is a tune from the big the big picture. Yeah, got a mention flamboyant as well. Banger of a song. Yes, you you could be right. I mean, can you think of many other posthumous albums that are as good as that? No, I mean, it depends if you count We Got It From Here as a posthumous album. That That's up for debate. So if you, if you include that, I'd, I'd put that up there. But apart from that, no, not really. I, I, I can't think of uh, of many. Also, I believe he's versed on that song, the Gangstar song, The Work Part 2. I believe that was a posthumous verse, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Um, incredible. Yeah, great verse. I mean, to be fair, there's, there's probably not for much competition. There's so much shit posthumous stuff out there, isn't there? There is. There's a lot of bollocks. A lot of bollocks out there. Yeah. So when Jack- it comes to Michael, Michael Jackson's, which one was that? Uh, I, I love Never Felt So Good. That's a banger of a song. You can't can't deny that. Or um, Hollywood Tonight's pretty decent. Uh, to be honest, you know most of the rest of it is bollocks. But he does have one or two good songs. Um, this is it. It's a good posthumous song. Should be banned from all airways. Again, it's never, it's never been proven. Never been proven. So I still, I still, I still like the guy's music. Uh, I'm not going to say anything about the person himself, but the music's good. You know, what pisses me off. You know, not so much MJ, but a little bit. But you're know, like R. Kelly. Like I swear, even even up until like last year or the before that, yeah, he still gets played in clubs, and it's oh, it's come on by now. It's openly common knowledge that that man is the devil, and he's still playing his tunes. Like fuck you, DJs. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And Whenever talk- I hear ignition, it makes me cringe. Yeah, same. And uh, I mean, speaking of that, with the R. Kelly. So it was known that he he got in a relationship with Aaliyah, like I believe in nineties or something. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, he got married to, to the girl when she was underage. Right there, isn't that enough of a scandal to have him blacklisted? Just that. That that's before the sex tape stuff. That's before all of that. Like, how did it last for so long? How did he stay in the good pub? Because after that, he went on to have probably like the biggest hits of his career. So how did that happen? It's just the the irony, man, and shit's got to be planned. The fact that that album is called Age Ain't Nothing But A Number. You've got R. Kelly in the background, like, looking scary as proper pedo iron her up, pervy iron her, just slowly in the background. How even that was a sign, surely? Yeah, he wrote that song as well. He, uh... And I mean, it's bad on MJ as well because R. Kelly did write three of MJ's songs, so that's not Two nonsense good. for the price of one. It, alleged, alleged, and but also we do have to say R. Kelly. It's still technically all alleged, but I mean, come on, it's pretty much. I, 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 I think he did it, but but it is you know just so we don't get into hot water. Alleged, alleged. Uh, well, on that note, I'm uh, happily moving on. Uh, yeah. Just before that, what would some of your favourite Big L songs? Oh, 
Oh, I'm gonna have to go. Um, I'm gonna go MVP, but I, it's the, the the version which has you know the Biggie beat. One more chance. The version which has that beat on that would be up there. Yeah. And, it, so you there was two versions. Was that the single version, or I think that one wasn't it? I'm not too sure because I think the one with the music video, I believe, yeah. has the the old beat, which I'm not too much oh. of a fan of. Uh, I couldn't tell you to be honest with you. It's one of them. I can't. I can't. I don't know which one's which, but whichever one has the the one more chance beat, I'd, I'd bung on there. And I'd also bung on there. I don't. I don't understand it. And of course, we've got a we've got a bung on. Should have had a rubber. Should have used a rubber with that song. That is incredible storytelling as well on that song. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. And um, so for me, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick to the. Uh, Lifestyles the poor and dangerous. No ends, no skins is a tune, and all black as well. I just think uh, that's that's Big Al is, is is very best on on that on those tunes. But I don't I don't think he's has he ever made a bad song or ever spit a bad verse. He, he never made anything that was subpar, did he? Yeah, that that's the thing. It's so hard to pick. I was just about to say I'd put the whole of Lifestyles of Poor and Dangerous, the whole album, on there. Because it's all pretty much, it's all quality. So yes, yeah. that's a good point. So deservedly there. And what I'll do is move on to seven, number seven. So at number seven, I've got Jizza, the genius. The Rizza, the Jizza, the ghost face killer. The Jizza, the Jizza, the Jizza, the Jizza. The Jizza, the Jizza. That's the Jizz in her. The Jizz in her. That's when the DJ's like scratching the record. The Jizza, the Jizza, the Jizza. It is actually, and then he goes, "Oh, dirty bastard!" like that. Yeah, I'm not sure what the order. The the Rizzo, the Jizzo, the I, I can't remember. You know the order? I think I do. Should we Should we give it a go? I'm gonna give, it, give a go. it a go. Is it the old Rizzo? Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I think I do. I'm gonna... well, from from the slums of Charlotte, Wu Tang strikes again. The Rizzo, the Jizzo, old dirty bastard, inspected deck, you guard, master killer. I forgot him. And Amy, was that right? And Amy Th, was that right? Did I forget someone? I don't know if it's oh, for. I forgot Raekwon. I think I forgot Raekwon. Shit. Fucked it. I don't think it's for Method Man though. I think it's for another song on there. I think it's for like um. I could even tell you. Probably chess boxing maybe. Right. Well, we fucked it either way. We 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 we'll, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll right, and then we'll edit it in there so no one will know. Yeah, yeah. Please do. And that is why I am um, white as a sheet, and Louis is the mal- malnourished new Colombian. Yeah, the, the palest brown kid. As, uh, <laughs> the palest brown kid on the block. I'm, I'm even paler right now. I've not seen the sun in a while since this lockdown's happened. Uh, I just picture your lockdown as an actual lockdown with the curtains closed. It's complete, complete darkness. You've got like lube, bits of lube all over your room, like tissues, all these commie tissues under your bed. <laughs> it's like you're living off like frozen, like uh, tins of tuna. Ugh. Apart from the tuna, I think it's pretty much said on it. I'm not a big fan of tuna, but the rest, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, you just needed a, a fellow mutants female to uh, to come and enjoy lockdown with you, don't you? That that would be very nice. It would be very very nice. So let's uh, let's go let's go on to Jizzer. Then I know you're also, you're also a massive fan of Jizzer. Uh, just tell me, just give me give me reasons why why do you rank him as highly as I do? 
Yes, sir. Uh, we, we, after every Wu Chang member, uh, I believe you asked me the question like, who's your, where do you rank him? Who's your favourite? And Jizz uh, uh, is my number one. And and the reason uh, he was one of them where I was sl- I was slow to get on Wu Tang in general. I mean, you're one of the one of the, I think yeah, yeah, you're the person who got me right, really onto Wu Tang. Obviously, I knew they were, but I never really gave him much of a listen. And then I listened to Thirty Six Chambers and Jizz had some incredible bells on there. And then um, I think it was you and Tom like kept telling me to listen to Liquid Swords. Yeah. Un- unbelievable album. He's he reminds me of Naz very much and Mob uh, Mob Deep in that the way he rhymes, he's he he's got this like claustrophobic. He's put you in this claustrophobic setting where he just m- makes his words sound epic and he's just yeah. going so fast and he, he 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 paints a picture and puts you in a he puts you in the place that he's rapping about uh, and. Yeah. Obviously, combined with um, with with Riz's production style adds to that as well. Uh, so that that's why he's up there, really. He's 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 done something that a few rappers can actually do. Definitely, yeah. Just the the insane amount of meaning in, in his in his lyrics, and yeah, similar to the Naz and the Mob Deep in the way that he can portray the message and get you engaged in the subject matter. But his subject matter were just on different levels. Like no one's ever touched his. The way he there's so much philosophy. He's just got he's just a philosophical rapper. He, he raps about like wide ranging to- topics, and he doesn't he doesn't he, he's not he's not typical, and he's not like you know he just stand he doesn't rap like the standard rapper. And even in terms of his flow and like the way he goes in and out, in and out the pockets and that, and, and just uh, yeah, just his his flow and his, his his metaphorical style. It's it's so it's unmatched and. I remember reading an article. I think there's a web, it might be a website actually, and it's like a, um, it's a comparison of Shakespeare's written words to hip hop artists. I'll see if I can pull this article from somebody. I know my brother got me onto it, so I'll see if I can get it off him and I'll send you and anyone else. But yeah, you had they had that this article and you had Jizza with like 120 keywords or something. And all the other rappers were like sixty words behind them or something like he was just far ahead of everyone in terms of meaning and in, in his um, in like key words and like you know vocab like far stretching vocabulary and that's another thing about him you know he's 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 the genius for a reason he's he's clearly extremely intellectual extremely well read which is is hard to find in rap especially now and he um and he put and he brings that across into his into his lyrics and his um in his songs but. He doesn't necessarily. He does it in a way that makes the song. It he makes you learn, and he doesn't. He doesn't take you out of the song. Do you know the way? Like themes like that could be. You know they could go over your head, and in a way they do, but in a way they don't as well. And he and he makes you really. Uh, he makes you really think about different different topics and different different ways of life in a way. Yeah, I agree with that, and. He uh, he gives hope as well too because his his voice compared to the other Wu Chang members is quite high pitched and he, he gives hope to like the high pitched rappers with like a slightly different type of voice that so they can make it so it's it's good. Yeah. So what I'm gonna I want to pull this um because apparently I'm reading it says he's got the fourth largest vocabulary in hip hop. So um, if I just pull this little article here, the largest vocab in hip hop. The, yes. question, the question there becomes who's number three? Because obviously we know number one is Chaz Hodges and Dave Peacock. They could be interchangeable one or two because they're both incredible. And then who is number three? That is the question. This is 
I know, such words just get you, the, the uniqueness of that, the, the meaning behind rabbits, the, 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 way they, the way they roll that off the tongue, it's just, it's, it's undeniable, isn't it? It is undeniable. Find another rapper who's used Gertrude in a tune. I, I can't find one. This this article's sick, you know, I'll defo send you it. Yeah. So, it, so well, it's, it's like a little graph, essentially. Yeah, it's a graph. So at the top of it is ASAP Rock. So what it is, is there's a little circle picture of them all, of all these rappers on there, and you hover over them, and it, shows, and it tells you how many unique words that they've used in their career. So at the top is ASAP Rock. Obviously, with 7,879 unique words used. Number two is Bus Driver, 7,324 unique words used. I don't know if you've ever listened to Bus Driver. I've never heard of the geezer. I don't know if he... Who is Bus Driver? He's extremely uh, underground, uh, like, philosophical rapper at the moment. He's a... Uh, if you've ever listened to... You've got Bus Driver, you've got guys like... Um, you've listened to Open Mike Eagle, haven't you? Oh, yeah, he's good, yeah. Yeah, it's from the same sort of... They're from the same, like, style, and I think they came up together as well. So you got, like, him and Milo as well. Um, but, yeah, Jedi Mind Tricks is actually number three. 6,424 unique words. Yeah, Jizza, on, on all of his solo albums, is ahead of Wu-Tang. So Jizza's fourth and Wu-Tang a fifth. It's crazy to think, isn't it? 6,390 unique words. That's mad. He he beat out ten other rappers, including himself. And, uh, <laughs> I, I tell you though, in in there is Gertrude. Any of them use Gertrude? I, I doubt it. I can't see a face of Chaz or Dave Chaz Hodges or Dave Peacock. No, sorry, Dave Hodges or Chaz Peacock here. Um, no, I'm, I'm a bit sad that they've got such beautiful faces, haven't they? They do, and he's Chas Hodges and Dave Peacock, and you know, you, you know that. Uh, but he, he, yeah, he, he, yeah. I, 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 why are they not there? That is, that is ridiculous. I mean, maybe it just goes without saying. Maybe they've got too many words to count to people who haven't even tried. I, I think that's the reason. But this mm. is pretty good. This is a. He's. I am. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm. I agree with his placement as high up on the on the list. Apparently, so MF Doom's just after with 6,169, like fifth. So, yeah, this is a really, it's really cool. This, and then it's funny when you get to near the end, it's all the like the new school, you know, little rappers like Lil Uzi Vert and the shit like Lil, Lil Baby. That is the worst, it's got to be the worst name I've ever heard. You've got a Lil Baby and Da Baby in, in hip hop at the moment. Uh, can't tell the difference, like. Little Kev from uh, from Always Sunny is a better rap name than <laughs> Little Kev's got bars, man. Little Kev did have some bars, to be fair. You know, D, who's the tall it now? Have some bars. And can confirm he doesn't have Down syndrome. He's <laughs> such a good episode there. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, so when it comes to Jizza, as we've said, it's all about um, his, his vocab, his, his lyricism, the fact that he can teach you about... Um, he's educational and he's very um, science-y as well. He's, he's banging to, like, his, a lot of his... He touches on themes of, like, physics and... Uh, he teaches, yeah, and apparently he teamed up as well with an education group to promote science education in New York City throughout hip-hop. So that just goes to show how how he likes to educate with his words and don't think anyone's ever done it better. Yeah, yeah prop, that's an incredible thing to do. 
so yeah well, well done old geezer and you've got to say Liquid Swords is the best solo album solo Wu-Tang album do you think oh yeah of course one of the greatest albums in hip hop and if anyone's not heard uh, the NPR where Jizz is performing um, I think it performs three tracks from Liquid Swords with like a brass band oh my goodness it's incredible it, may, it makes the album sound even better Defo, probably my favourite NPR Tani that's what you reckon yeah, uh, yeah, I think that is that is my my favorite. Yeah, this is something about him in it with a backing band. His uh, his style with the backing band works works so well. Um, but yeah, so with Liquid Swords, if you've never listened to this album, then it's it's a must listen for anyone, isn't it? Really, it's like <clears throat> the way throughout. I like the sampling, obviously. I think it's from the martial arts film Shogun Assassin, if I'm not mistaken. So it incorporates like the heavily dialogue, the dialogue from the film, and it's a bit like the uh, the MF Doom um, food in a way. I always compare Liquid Swords to, to um, food in the way that the the dialogue sample, but it makes the album sound so so cool, don't you think? Yeah, it's all consistent as well. It's got yeah, it's it's incredible, and and also it's got the features on it. Of course, you're going to have your your Wu Tang geezers on there as well. And and they they all bring it in their features on the album. It's definitely a much much listen. Yeah, what are some of your favourite songs from uh, from Liquid Swords? So I've got to put Jewel of the Iron Mike and Liquid Swords. I think they're my two favourite. Yeah, what a way to open the album as well with Liquid Swords. Just incredible, isn't it? As soon as you heard the it's that like I said the dialogue from the film Shogun Assassin and. The way he just comes in on that amazingly catchy hook. Yeah, I mean, he's another one again. He wasn't at Beats Horizon, who originally was going to be there. And when mm-hmm. when he was on the bill, I was just like, oh fuck! Imagine hearing them songs live. Oh, but uh, sadly, yeah. not to be. So for fuck's sake, Jesus. <laughs> maybe one day. Maybe one day. One day. I mean, again, we've seen when he did when he was performing with Wu Tang. I think he 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 does do some of his solo stuff. Mm. So, so fair play to the geezer. They did do Liquid Swords at Lovebox, if I remember, but it's, I don't know, it, well, it's not the same because he's on his own, is it? Yeah, and, and, and yeah, I think when they when they were, when he was part of Wu-Tang, were performing as part of Wu-Tang, they were only doing like one solo song each, and it's obviously, it's not enough, you, need, you know, for, for Jizzit. Yeah. Did you ever listen to any of his other albums? I was about to ask. Um, I'm, no, I haven't. And are any of them worth checking out? Because I do not know much about them. They actually are, you know. So I've checked out. If you listen to so Pro Tools, that's his most recent one. That was pretty good. Um, I actually tried listening because he had the, he did have an album before this, you know. He was actually the first Wu Tang member to drop an album entirely, and it was in it was before any of their uh, any of their stuff. It was in '91. It's called Words from the Genius. It's it's not great. It's um, it's okay. It's decent, but it's quite dated, and it sounds nothing like what what it, he'd become. But it was heavily produced by Easy Moby, who's like a legend in, in hip hop, isn't he? Um, mm-hmm. But the 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 album after Liquid Swords for me, Beneath the Surface, is is really good. None of them reached the highs of Liquid Swords, obviously. But um, I would say is um, yeah, his old discography is worth checking out. So there's Legend of the Liquid Sword as well. Uh, there's a yeah, there's a few good songs on that. There's the song uh, with Ghostface called Silence. But yeah, definitely. I I just check out Liquid Swords first. But if you if you like what you hear and you like Jizzer, then 
I'd say some of his other albums are worth checking out as well. I will do. They they are on my list. I've got a lot of uh, a lot of albums to take away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're uh, you're right in, and you sorted for the week here. It is. I've got a lot of a lot of listening to to be doing. It's. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to rearrange my porn schedule. Hmm. I know. Yeah. You might have to actually open the curtains as well. Get you uh, Get you feeling fresh for it. I will do. I will do. Hmm. Right, so moving on at number six, I've got Andre 3000. Okay, no, yeah, good, good old shout. Mm. What do we say about Andre? Absolute, the king of the feature is Andre 3000. It goes without saying. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can, yeah, I can agree with it. Mm. Just outcast man. I mean, what they've meant to hip hop, what they've done for hip hop, and uh, Andre being the the. I don't want to say that it's not a fake ahead, but when it, when it comes to the comparison with him and Big Boy, there's just something that puts Andre a little bit over the over the top because he's a bit more prolific and he does have a little bit of more of a, a charisma about him. And, and that's the thing with Andre; he's just um, he's got bags and bags of charisma. And um, the the style that he uh, just his his whole style of the he's very he's very, he's very fast rapping, but he's um, he makes it he makes it catchy as well for for the listener. And they know a lot of even for example, my girlfriend, a lot of people that don't necessarily are into hip hop as say as much as you and I am, they love Outkast, man, because Outkast, Outkast crossed over and they did it in a way that was not selling out, and they did they became mainstream whilst also sticking to their creativity and and expanding and and evolving their creativity and and that comes with with Andre and his brain. He just has a massive massive intellect, massive brain, like such a creative creative mind for rap. And he uh, he grew rap and he grew hip hop in in ways that are um, quite underlooked in a way, and you don't realise. But without Andre, like some of the some of the over the topness and the the char- charisma ways and the the abrasiveness of hip hop and what it become and what you see today, especially a lot of it can be thanked if to and then it's down to Andre. So I should make sure. Didn't interrupt your speech. You opening a can there. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I totally agree. He's when when he writes verses, he sort of writes some like he's kind of writing a book rather than like he will take you on a journey. Like especially with, with in songs like um, sixteen ain't enough or it's eighteen ain't enough. I can't remember what the name of the song was. He is pretty much like listening to a novel, or like he's he's on the Anderson Pack song that he features on. It is like listening to like a paragraph from a novel. He um very very unique. Definitely, yeah, unique is just the best way to describe him as well. And um, just the if you want to talk about a perfect discography for me, Outkast have the per the perfect discography in hip hop. Not a single bad album. I mean, Aldo Wild wasn't the strongest, and the debut album, actually, the first one, Southern. I mean, I don't even know if I can say it because, again, I'm scarce. But what, what, what do you think? Can you say it? Southern playlistic, colored, cadelic music. Oh, that yeah, I couldn't even attempt it. I, just, I think I'd run out. I have to take a pause halfway through to try, try and attempt it. Mm. You know, it's it's not it's not good when you're British when it comes to pronouncing stuff like this, is it? It's not it's not fair. No. Well, I don't think it's a British thing. I think it's just a, a case of um, a, more of a dyslexia thing, isn't it? Yeah, a, a dyslexia thing definitely has got to um, 
play a play a factor on there. He, he's one of them. Oh, sorry, I my watch is just going off. Let me find where that is. stop now right yeah it's it's um a dyslexia thing and also with with, with the old Andre 3000 it's, it's impossible to with some of these songs to rap along to him because he is just going so fast it's, it's ridiculous yeah definitely but you um you're sort of enthralled by his by that by his style and um yeah, he's got one of the more again, same with like a DMX. He's got one of the more distinctive voice, distinctive voices that have ever existed in, in hip hop. And talk about someone that's so well respected by all his peers. He's a uh, he's 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 one of the more respected rappers that there's ever been, I think, by other rappers. And again with Eminem, you know, he likes to pay homage a lot. He's said on records as well that Andre is one of the best to ever do it, and rightfully so. He's um. Like, because the, the whole again, the whole discography thing. I mean, you look down, you got eighty aliens, Aquamini, Stanconia, the Speaker Box, Love Below. That is four classic albums all in a row. Four albums with distinct inequalities about them, different from the different from each other. So with ATL and you had this futuristic sounding production style that was just like so out the box and you know never never really been heard before in, in hip-hop and they were just completely different to what was in the actual mainstream at the time and and then you, you keep going on and on and then as as they progress as they evolve and their albums evolved and so do they as rappers and the the evolution of andre 3000 is one of the more one of the more interesting things that's ever existed in hip-hop i think yeah, and, and by all accounts, a lovely, a lovely guy. They, a little strips on the um, hip hop saved my life told a story about how he was, he was, um, she was doing a gig, and Andre was there, and then they they talked afterwards, and I think it was even like a, a few months or a few years later, and uh, and Andre saw Little Sims, and you can imagine Andre three thousand must meet and speak to a million different people, you know, of how well respected he is, and he, he still remembered like Little Sims and and. Um, you know, it just it just seems like a lovely guy by all accounts. Mm, yeah, you, you'd take him home to the old mar, wouldn't you, and cook him up a nice little roast? Yeah, yeah, I, I would. I, I he he. Speaking of the old mar, I remember me and me up the old mar just cracking up like to uh, watching watching him and be cool. He's a great actor. <laughs> yeah, another one, isn't it? He's uh, became a really quite a successful actor as well, and. Yeah, he's hilarious. He's the standout and be cool. It's him and The Rock, isn't it? He's, he's so good, isn't he? I was just about to say, yeah, him or The Rock, they, they stole that film. Every time he's on screen, it's just, yeah, you, you can't come close to him. Isn't, isn't he in something new at the moment on Amazon? Is that right? Uh, let's have a look. I'm not too sure. I mean, I also know he was in that Jimi Hendrix film, which I just couldn't watch. Nothing against him, or even the production of the film, really. Just that if you don't have the music from the artist you're making a film about, <laughs> yeah. I can't watch it. What's the fucking point? What is the point? Uh, that should just been yeah, shut down production there. Um, yeah, I haven't seen much of his other, other films, to be honest with you, actually. Yeah, so I am right. It's something called Dispatches from Elsewhere. He's going to be in a TV show called that. Um, what was he like in Jimmy? And- I, I did see the Jimmy Hendrix film, but I'm pretty sure I I, turned, I didn't. I only watched like 20 minutes of it. 
But I heard he was quite good in it. He was very good. He was good in it. But I, again, I I'm probably the same. I only watched like it's about the same. Maybe maybe got to like forty five minutes of it um, before I was just ah, the film. The film itself was a bit boring. Uh, it was mostly about him with his bird and like him and his girlfriend taking drugs. Then they play a cover of a song because they didn't have the actual music. Mm. Then he takes some more drugs. Uh, that's pretty much what I remember about it. Um, I've not seen the rest of it to be honest, but he was good from what I saw. So, he was good. So drugs. That's that's your uh, review of the film. Drugs. Yeah, drugs. Drugs. He laid in a bed a lot and and <laughs> drugs. <laughs> give give me your review on a scale of here to to here. Uh, it'd be like um, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's sort of like an undecided. It's like yeah. Uh, I think we all we all feel you. We all feel your pain. Yeah, yeah. So another thing about Outcast and Andre as well. So you know, the, just like I mentioned, the brains behind the they also did a lot of their own production in in collaborative with Organizer Noise as well, who's like their little crew of producers. But a lot of their production was also handled by them, so they were the, you know, they were also the brains when it comes to how they progressed with sort of the spacey out of outer space sampling. And again, with the South Man, like the more that you look back, like they really revolutionized hip hop. So I know with Dre and the West Coast, how they they did bring the funk aspect of it. But the South and Outcast included, they took the instrumentation to to next level. So with all the orchestral sort of side to it, and like different loads of different instruments, like trumpets and and so many different styles, you know, different horns and and then you've, for example, if you listen to Aquamini, there's an instrumental only track on there, and it's called Spotty Otter Doppelicious. Great name too. And one of my f- favorites, just straight instrumental tracks ever there's something so catchy about that and it just showed how much they would had progressed and evolved since their first album their first album was just that sudden sort of stank put some stank on it style of music and then they, what what they ended up becoming was, was unreal and there are all their albums went platinum you know more than platinum on some occasions and yeah they would they were massive they were they were not just hip-hop culture but just just culture in general, pop culture. They were they were pop culture between that late nineties, early two thousands, and uh, there's, there's a good reason for it. and and it's a lot of it's down to Andre and his his rapping his technical ability as well. He was such a technically proficient rapper. He could go in different styles, different pockets. He could um yeah he could do the serious style, the introspective style, but and he could also make you laugh at the same time. Yeah, and they were nominated for a lot of nominated and won a lot of Grammys, uh, which is an incredible accomplishment. So yeah, fair play, fair play to the geezers. Yeah, have you got uh, any? What are your favourite Outkast tunes or Andre? Any Andre features which you, you like? So in terms of um, the Andre features, I'm going to put. In terms of the Andre features, I'm going to put. Um, I'm going to put the one he done with Anderson Pack Come Home up there. It's probably I say it's probably my favourite. And then in terms of Outcast features, um, let me have a look. Actually, I, I see which. 
Uh, I, I don't know. See, I don't want to say like a cliche. I'm gonna actually. I'm gonna go with the. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, what's it called? Uh, players ball. I'm gonna go with that one. Mm, classic from first arm. I remember watching. It was from the hip hop evolution documentary that got me liking that tune even more. I don't know about you. Yeah, def- it was that that documentary, and then watching the music video as well. Yeah, sick video. I remember one night actually because uh, Miguel runs a massive Outcast fan as well. We stayed up getting pissed all night for like five hours straight, and we just watched Outcast videos for like the entire night. It was a great night. Yeah, great, great music video. I mean, talking about music videos, you've got to remember one of one of the greatest and funniest music videos, of course, is the Heyar music video where he plays pretty much every role. Um, incredible imagination to, to make uh, to make something like that. That's the thing again. Is uh, it comes down to what he's got such an imagine imaginative brain. He's so imaginative. He's you know, so loads of trippy style videos and and um, like loads of colours. He's always is always incorporating colours and into the moods of his songs. And he's just so forward thinking. And he's one of the, if not the most forward thinking guy that's ever been in hip hop. And he hasn't. He's never actually released a solo album. But what he likes to do apparently is go around. Philadelphia on the subway and uh, and play the flute, so I don't think there's an like there's I don't think you can name a more iconic duo than Andre Three Thousand and playing the flute. Yeah, and let's just hope that he does never become any kind of paedophile because that would be a terrible look. <laughs> if already... <laughs> let's hope he doesn't because if he did and he's already got the Pied Piper thing going on with the flute, then I oh I don't I'd just be bad. I mean, as long as he sticks the flutes, if he sticks himself to the flutes, then that's okay. But yeah, to anyone else. Yourself, Andre. Not saying that you wouldn't. I'm not saying any giving him any accusations. <laughs> I hope so. I feel like I don't know. Is Andre made a song with R. Kelly? Uh, I, I don't find out. But let's have a look. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! I, I'm gonna because they were they were probably rose to prominence around the same time, so. Um. Oh, here we go. Uh, Andre Freefa. Oh, right. Pink and blue. I've got the. Yeah. Apparently, it's samples earlier, and it could actually be a diss. Oh no, it's about an older woman, isn't it? Ah, I think he's more of a. He's more into cougars, Andre. Yeah. It, it, this, it's up for debate, this one, but it's... So, so maybe it says written by Andre and R. Kelly because he's sampling. So maybe it's just that. It's just the sample. And he's got the writing credit. So maybe they, they didn't actually do a song together. Yeah, he probably still regrets that even sampling R. Kelly, let's be honest, well, earlier. Yeah. Yeah, it's a difficult one. Uh, apparently on... Let me just have a look here. So I can't find anything with him and R. Kelly, so that's good. So at the current time of recording, he hasn't. So fair play to the geese. <laughs> that's it, that's it. And I hope that he uh, he takes a trip to, to Liverpool and I see him on the street with his flute. I'll show him my, uh, my dope flute skills. Yeah, you've got to do it, got to do it. And also, we should say another mark of, of how much of a geezer and how much a legend he was. He's, an, is he an, he's another geezer to have a, a kid with... Eric Badu, isn't he, I believe? Ah, he is, yeah. 
so, so another yeah, yeah another stamp that marks you as a legend of the game and she actually features on what will one of my song recommendations actually so i massive outcast fan massive andre fan as you can probably tell so mm. in terms of song recommendations i might go do the route what i did with kendrick and just pick a favorite song off each album because it's just it's just too hard to pick uh, so what i'll do is uh quickly just get up so from stanconia it's not an order fuck it <laughs> from stanconia there's a song called humble mumble and that's featuring erica badu but then again you could choose anything from stanconia like so fresh so clean you know so many classics but yeah that's an underrated tune very catchy tune so get onto that one from the debut album in which i cannot pronounce i'm gonna go hmm, i'm gonna go get up get out and that's featuring Goody Mob, actually. That's a great song as well. Yeah. AT, AT, AT Aliens. Hmm. Another hard one. I've got this album on vinyl. This is the only Outcast album I have on vinyl. I'm looking to get Aquamini very soon. Uh, but I'm going to go Jazzy Bell. Oh. Actually, I'll go, I'll go the... Uh, I'll go with the, uh, the, the the title track actually the title track to go on, one of the greatest hooks that they've ever, ever done I think uh, Aquamini for a song from Aquamini I would go I'd actually go with uh, Chunky Fire it's the uh, the last song on the album and it's got it's so cool like it's got it's got like a really sick guitar riff in there so again like they were experimenting with instrumentation from AT Aliens, but then when it got to Aquamini, they really like started bringing out the instrumentation. So the, there was a lot of like different, like I mentioned, horns and trumpets. But then on Chunky Fire, there was like this really sick guitar riff as well, electric guitar riff on there. Yeah, nice, nice. Thank you very much for listening to the That's Why They Were Quality podcast. We've gone from 10 to 6 on the 50 greatest rappers on Paddy Stanton's 50 greatest rappers list. Uh, thank you very much again, Geezer. Yeah, appreciate it. Make sure you uh, listen to part six because uh, this is when the good stuff happens. It's when we get down and dirty. Exactly. It gets damn right filthy. Well, who is going to be number one? Who's That's the big be question. And how disappointed are you going to be is the question. How much abuse will you give us? How much, how much hate will? <laughs> I think that's when you know you've succeeded as like a, as like a podcaster or as um, a television star. When you get reams of hate mail, that's when you know you've you've made it. Yeah, I'm telling you, we're already halfway there because I fucking put some list on Twitter the other day and like just media hatred, and it's like. You're not even telling me why, why, who should they, they should be in that position. Like, you're not even telling me, just hate. So maybe you're right. Maybe we are actually, we're making moves. Yeah. I'm, and not fake moves. <laughs> exactly. You've got to make moves. Never, ever, ever are they fake moves. Um, but we, yeah, I mean, if anyone wants to give us any hate mail, then feel free to do it on on uh, on our Spotify or or Podbean yeah. page or or just just as long as you click on the podcast, like send us two bits of hate mail. Send us one, click it off, refresh it, send us another one, and and as long as it registers as more views, I'm happy with it. That, that's it. All you've got to do when you're attaching the haters at, that's why they were quality. And then tell us why we suck so much. 
But as long as you tag, then we don't give a shit. Bring us all. Bring it on. Exactly. We read almost none of it. So, so you know, let, you just, just feel free to send it over. And if any females that are listening, feel free to uh, send over your... Um, yeah, your phone numbers, anyway, these. Your phone numbers. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Cool, well, well yes, yeah. see you for part six, skeezers. Cool, see you for part six, see you later.